mystery, magic, and dreams. All very exciting things. It's all the crazy stuff going on this week. And you know I love the crazy stuff. It's true. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin, the Knight of the Feral Council. Gross. Don't be on the Feral Council. Oh, I love the Feral Council. I love it. Hey, so how are you doing? I mean, I'm okay. I just... Allergies are happening, y'all. They're real. Allergies are happening, y'all. Can you hear it? Can you hear it in my raspy voice? The other day at rehearsal, we said we needed to give this first version of me an alter ego, and I think we came up with the name Donna. 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 Oh, Donna's on the podcast today. So today we got Donna on the podcast. Donna on the show talking about comics. Hey, Donna, what do we got today? Oh, today, sweetie, we're talking about Marvel Unlimited and uh, Little Infinity comic over there. Plus, we got Knights of X, numero uno, because we got to have another number one. Yep. And Sabretooth number three. Because we got to have another number three. Well, okay. There's, there's not much news to talk about. There's not much news. I'll be honest about that. There, there were a handful of covers that came out in this week's preview and a bunch of new solicits for some stuff, but those have been around for a week or so. There was confirmation of where those pages I had alluded to last week were found, and they are from some free comic book day issues, the upcoming Spider-Man free comic book day issues. When is free comic book day? Saturday, May 7th, about a week and a half from now. Wow, this is very exciting stuff. So go and support your local comic shop and head in for some free stuff. Check out whatever else they got. Because clearly you do not want to miss... Both of the teasers that are both Spider-Man and X-Men related. You only know about one. Ooh, Ooh I only know about one. Okay, so are oh, we... And the, uh... and, the, and the last thing. Oh, okay, sorry. And I don't know if I really want to say this because it's like it confirms something. So there was a new teaser trailer Okay. for Multiverse of Madness. Oh. That confirms something that was otherwise just a suspicion. Is it about Charles? No. Okay. Not specifically. It's about... The Illuminati. Yes. So that, that name has actually been said in the most recent teaser tra- trailer. That's dope. The Illuminati will see you now. I love it. Baron Mordo as he gets strange, which confirms what we all suspected, but is exciting because that means uh, who knows what else. The thing that I think is so crazy is that, you know, we... We talked about this a little bit, I think, at one point, but with the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, the way that they were teasing things Everything out. Everything under wraps. And like slowly letting stuff out, you may have felt, oh man, why are they telling me all this in a trailer? But that's because there were still so many surprises in the yeah. movie itself. Right. So to know that they've already told us, like, they say, they're like, okay, Wanda's in there. Okay, the inf- the Illuminati. Okay, the Illuminati are in there. Okay, you know, we put on the poster all these little shards of glass showing you these other potential people. Reminiscent of Basically showing you that what if is happening, right? So that means... Evil strange with a little eye in his... Right, so that means there have to be like some really crazy surprises that are still going to be in the film. Especially with reshoots, especially with the multiverse. It's going to be bananas. This is the big follow-up to No Way Home where they got to pull out all the stops. I really can't wait. Marvel can't be outdone by a Sony movie. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. 
but also the Spider-Man, so good luck. <laughs> so good luck. Hey, we talking about X-Men Unlimited? Yeah, let's talk about it. Because the, the girls are back. The ladies of horticulture have returned. The garden girls. The go- oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> Which one is Blanche? They're all Blanche. They're all Blanche. <laughs> Who's Rose? I feel like Rose is the one in the hover chair. I just love them. Yeah, we should cast them as Golden Girls cast analogies. Cast Golden Girls. I feel like I'd have to look at it a little bit more. There's time. What are you, what's your cast? What's your cast for the Golden Girls, y'all? The yeah. Garden Girls. The Garden Girls. Tell us. Tell us. Oh, my God. So we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on casting them. So exciting. But we jumping right in where we left off, and Sauron is mad. Ah, uh, sorry. His wings are all torn up as they had to make their last-minute escape. This is not good. It's not good. I don't know how I feel about the trajectory of where this story is going. Well, especially... Uh, I'm ooh. unsure about what's happening with Nature Girl. Yeah, well, she's going through some ch-ch-changes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we meet up with our, our favorite... Old lady bunch. Old lady bunch with the you know these these terroristic gardeners. Yeah, interesting how they are still just like observing Krakoa. Yeah, not only observing, but they've got the ability to just come in and out and do whatever they want. You take know, like a little duty free shopping. Also, I feel that in most instances, others refer to Krakoa as a as he. A he. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. And Nature it's Girl like, refers to Krakoa as a she. Which, I mean, non-binary Krakoa could be. Right, but you just think of it in like the sense of like Mother Earth. Yeah, That's right. what I thought of anyway. I did too, yeah. And you think of what Nature Girl's connection to Krakoa might be. Mm. You, you think of Doug and his ability to actually communicate with them, but Nature Girl has a different kind of connection with nature. Right. Gotta love Curse. yeah. Gotta love Curse. Well, especially her and Edith are the new duo. That's what I'm saying. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. Just just them sassing each other back and forth. I loved it. I loved everything bad, about it. Too bad your pudding tastes like garbage. You yeah. think I care what my food tastes like at this age? <laughs> you think I care? You just gotta take the snacks. Mm. Oh, it's, it's just... The sass hole. Yeah, th- that was... I, I want to make that... The sass hole is the best that's a thing new, I've heard. That's my new swear word. I'm living for I I I really like X Men Green overall. Um, <laughs> it's the guest stars. Yeah, it's, it's the, guest the team stars. too, though. It's the guest stars and it's Curse. Like yeah. the way that Curse just infuses humor and ridiculousness into every issue. I just I love it. And and her connection to Sauron and yes. just there where he brings in some ridiculousness that you weren't expecting at all. Sauron is just continuously upset when his powers are thwarted. It should have worked. Right. He tries to pull out his hypno powers and nothing. No effect. You think you can do that to ladies like us? Our constitution as strong as it is? We got our womanly powers? I'm just interested in what the secret plot is that they want to use Nature Girl for. With the bespoke staff that they have found. We didn't even, I didn't even recognize that it was left behind. No. I mean, me either. It just hadn't been seen. Yeah, maybe you should put it in her back pocket. I don't know. No. I don't know how that works. Maybe I just forgot. Yeah. But grabbing that staff and Nature Girl goes through another transformation. An intense transformation. Yes. That last image with the new antlers, the arms, the hooves, the legs. Yeah. 
It's something else. She's wonderful, though. Even the red, even the red on her face is now extended down. Deeper. Yeah. Yeah. But she loves it, so that's all that matters. If she's I'm happy, wonderful. then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You like this? Yeah, I did. I mean, I I feel like almost worried about Nature Girl. Yeah. You know, that's the feeling I get. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, she's a champion of whatever it is she's doing. It's more like, ooh, yeah. Nature Girl. Someone needs are to call okay? her parents. Yeah. Like, well, it's also, you, you think about. talk about your feelings? You think about the company she's keeping, you know, the, the demon child curse and Sauron, the, the, the demon child curse. Tyrannical pterodactyl. Curse is not that bad, okay? Mm, it's just it, there's something deeper underneath curse that we don't fully know <laughs> that we haven't gotten to yes. quite yet curse is adorable pink little child that also <laughs> is a demon spawn yeah you're right i went back and forth on the order for today i i put it was them, a difficult choice i know i initially i read saber first and i was very surprised with how much i enjoyed saber and i i liked uh, I almost called it Excalibur because that's basically what it is. <laughs> Excalibur Part 2. But we're talking Knights of X number Knights one. Knights of no, X is first. what we're talking about first. I love this cover. It says magical mystery journey like nothing else. Yeah, it just looks like a magic quest. This mm-hmm. image is fully realized Excalibur. Yes. You know, it's and, and I feel like this issue is fully realized Excalibur, where there was a lot of back and forth of setting things up and, and trying to get to where we wanted to go. But now this is it just from the get. It's the full team. It's the full concept. Everything is ready. Yeah, it's true. Excalibur is here, but not so much because they're Knights of X now. Yeah, don't call us that. Don't call us that. Ready? Mm-hmm. Page turn noise. <laughs> Avalon, hated and feared. This is the classic X-Men metaphor in a new world, magnified by magic. I don't know why, but for some reason, this issue, I was picturing it to be like the first episode of a new show, like a Game of Thrones style like show Rings, where like almost. you're thrown into this action that's happening. Yeah. Even though we know the backstory, it felt very much like very fresh and very new. Right. It came in with a lot of new energy. And I feel like it's because it came in with everything already at the the conflict part. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to build to get there. We know Joshua, the Jersey devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We know what's going on in other world. We know the Furies. And even if you don't, they do a decent amount of work right. to get you there. Yeah. The art is spectacular. The art is gorgeous. I love the team on Excalibur, but this is literal magic. Like It just has another texture to it. The depth of colors, which is interesting. The color artist is the same. This is still Eric Arseniega, who was the color artist on Excalibur. I really also love the, you know, the... The scrolly letter boxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just gives it a different style. Yeah. And you know what? I, too, thought they were Sentinels. I was like, oh, we have other world versions of Sentinels. I mean, that's that's essentially where they're extending into the, the mutant metaphor, right? This is basically classic X-Men, but just in other world. Right. I mean, it says locking, locking on, new right. witch breed detected. Halt, mutant. Halt, mutant. That's basically. what that says. Halt, mutant. But this is... Furies have been in other worlds since back in the day, you know, around when Kylun was in other worlds. Well, they not they are not usually this big. That's okay? true. That's, That's true. what we've been told. 
And look, it's Captain Brettland. Captain Britain, who you think Josh calls her Betsy, she doesn't correct him at first. Oh, you didn't read Excalibur for some reason, or you want to try this out? Here's where we last left off. Thanks, point of view character. Mm. Thanks, audience guide. It's just so majestic. Roma's kingdom floating floating in the world. I just love it. It, I don't know why. It just like the... Because it's amazing. The pink in the distance. It just looks so beautiful. Yeah. Captain Bretland. Captain Bretland. I think her name is Betsy. Because she says the Betsy Braddock you know is our leader. But she could still be a Betsy. That's true. And we meet all the Betsies. But first, before that, Alicia, hold your horses. No pun intended. (laughs) There's a title page. Imperiled. Part one. Hated and feared. Written by Teeny Howard, art by Bob Quinn, color art by Eric Arseniega, letters by Ariana Maher. <clears throat> that would be feces, Ariana Maher. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Okay, now we can meet all the Betsies. The all Lavender the Keep. Yeah, keeping that recap going. It's fun to get some characterization and even some specialty from some of the captains. I feel like they've just been this unknown mass of people. That have apparently been fighting to the death since last we saw Excalibur. Just constantly sacrificing themselves. Where's the goose? I'm upset. Where's the goose? Where's the goose captain? Swan captain. I don't know. Listen, Saturnine's got to chill. Yeah. Oh, she is aggressive. They have had it with each other. And then this is the intensity of their relationship in in first take, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's even more intense since we last left them because there's been bubbling off panel. Right. And I love the way that Betsy is just like, Calm. what are you doing? Now? Right. Like, what are Get you doing to yourself. help? Don't you have magic? Can't like, you do anything? Do something or sit down and be quiet. Right. And don't you dare think I'm going to spend all my time focused on your chair when there are mutants, mutants who are dying. Potentially dying. Right. Yeah. I just, I feel like, and I keep on saying it, but it, where this book succeeds is everything is at a level 10 starting place mm-hmm. that we left it at the end of Excalibur or has risen in conflict since we left Excalibur and I feel like that was always a challenge up until the end where things were building 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 we were setting more and more and more we were like we were dressing the table for an entirely long time and then it was time to eat and the meal was really quick but now it's like hey seconds you want you know you want some more I really committed to that food metaphor you really went for it I was like oh he's still going with it yeah it's still happening I almost said encore but no that's not food What have you done for yourself lately, Saturnine? (laughs) Ambitious Courtney. Ah, and then there's Roma. Lady Roma. Here's the thing. I have, over the last year or so, been listening to this story podcast called The Hidden People, and it's all about the Fae. And I am so glad that I have because I understand the things that uh, Roma is saying about their magic, about their magic, and about iron. So iron is what can kill them. Yeah. It's like one of the only things that can kill them. Yeah, and and fairy magic being all part of stories, and just like how we can't just do magic. It's got to be this. It's got to be this thing. whole thing, right? It, it, you can't just wave a wand and it's done. It's got to have equal forces and heroism and yeah. And there's also 
And um, champagne. There's also this girl on TikTok and her name is Piper and she has a degree in like lore of, of fairies and, and things hmm. like that. And she talks, she'll like be like, okay, hey everybody, good morning, it's Piper and I'm here to uh, tell you how to, you know, not get caught by the fae or not. It's St. Patrick's Day, so let me tell you how to let a leprechaun not steal your stuff. And I just like feel like I... I'm so much more connected to, to this world this world and this book now thanks to the hidden people and Piper, the girl who knows all the mythical things yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and it also just feels like this is more seeded in the world that it was trying to seed into right. with Excalibur, where it always had this idea of the party, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons team up, the the different roles and classes that the characters are are playing and and what skills they're bringing but i feel like this just comes in with it where they they've been you know captain britain is this mm-hmm. paladin you know this knight of sorts the thing i also think is interesting is i am getting the sense that i feel they wanted me to get in excalibur that there are different you know, factions or different groupings of mystical and magical beings in other worlds. Like, you know, you have Merlin and then you have the Fae and you have the witch breed slash mutants. The vampires. You have all of them. And instead of having to sit down and tell me we have this and this is what they do and we have this and this is what they do. This story is giving you all of that. In media res, baby. Right, exactly. Classic Excalibur. Classic. But I... I really, really enjoyed this. And, you know, Roma's got some champs. She does. If you need a drink, bets. Down it. <laughs> and it's let's better talk about than some magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's a quest I can send you on. I've got this book, and it's got some magic, and maybe there's a team that you're going to assemble. Rick Star. Something's mm-hmm. ma- happening. Magic stuff. Pants on. Usually when magic stuff's happening, it's pants off, but... <laughs> Rick Check Star, in with huh? Everybody, yeah. You've given them a couple name. Well, they they Rick Star is a thing. Oh, you didn't make that up. I don't think so. Okay. Bay just sneaking out on a slumbering dug. I love that Bay is like, listen, I don't want to, like, leave my duggy. Right, but also, but also, if there's death to be dealt, let's I'll, do it. I'll see you later, Doug. <laughs> Gambit is just lonely with Rogue on the X Men, which. Makes no sense with what we've seen in X-Men and even Black Panther that they've been doing stuff together together for a while. They've been going on little side missions. This note on the table and his sad little look. We're the cats. It honestly hurts my heart. It does. I'm like, no, Gambit, I'm so sorry. Hopefully we we deal with some of those feelings in in any kind of way where it's like, oh, no, I I feel maybe uh, I think he makes a reference of it later of having stuff too like maybe that's what he meant is that he feels like he doesn't have anything and he needs to find his things to do because mm-hmm. you know him sad here but yet we've seen him in the last two issues of x-men playing playing poker talking to rocket yeah it's an interesting um juxtaposition yeah but it's all about where does it fall in the grand scheme of timelines which is never real and then we have my girl, Rachel, the oh, OP, Rachel. excitable powerhouse with an adorable sidekick. Just adventure. Here we go. We're going on an adventure. I Betsy love, needs us. I love Rachel. Oh, God. I, I love, love her. And I, I like how she's coming in in her X Factor uniform, but then I love her level oh, up. Oh, yes. Her level up is amazing. 
Megan, Megan, Megan. She's so excited. Oh, a quest? That's good. Brian can watch Maggie. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> but Gamb is like, oh, hell no. I'm not doing another Ten of Swords. <laughs> I don't want to fight the White Witch's War, which is a reference to Saturn Nine mm-hmm. and, and just the reasoning that brought Bay to Krakoa. Right. I don't want to get into that. But there are other world mutants, even more so than we thought. Which Right. We need to save them. Because we need another generator for new mutants. <laughs> like, listen, y'all. Yeah, that too. But also, Betsy's like, hey, guys. So I need you to help me save the mutants. But in order to do that, we also kind of have to do this other quest. But we're also going to be sort of tied into like helping Saturnine do her thing. So it's kind of like a three for one. Right. But just come anyway. But this is just part one, hated and feared. And then it's time to go see the five. See the five. Cook up some resurrection. Oh, Shatterstar. I don't count that often, but I don't think there's 10 of us. <laughs> I was dead. I was yeah. dead. The grimoire of apocalypse. So Doug reads magic. Mm. And that's that's previously been established. He actually helped Ileana read magic that was far more advanced than she could read back in the day before Inferno. Which reminds me, I've not done our Inferno episode. And I'm aware you're aware it's coming it's coming yeah because i want to know what happened in that og inferno hopefully before i know what madeline and iliana are up to we'll see nowadays they're trying to resurrect an otherworld mutant without a cerebro backup mention of our our new unknowingly mutant friend jacks with mordred's death which we didn't actually read but we saw jacks in the death of dr strange tie-in Yes. Pouring in the waters of Otherworld from Doom in that issue in the Crooked Market. Oh, Doomy Doom Doom. That's who Megan is referencing from a terrible man. Oh, but he's not here. He disappeared. Bye. All right. Well, I guess we go on our quest. I just want to point out another instance of hope being like, I mean, this is one we'll normally call Xavier, but we don't, do we that don't really need him anymore. No, so. we'll stop doing that. We're on our own. Autonomy. We're on our own. That's why kids rebel. They need autonomy. I read an article. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's kind of sad that this whole situation with Jubilee and Shogo, like. Yeah. Well, I don't she's know. She's just, you know, but you have to think of it from her perspective. Like, that's her child. Which makes it a believable reason as to why Jubilee would want to go. Why she would want to put them into this situation. Because Shogo has been sleeping ever since they came back from Otherworld. Like, dreaming of Otherworld. Wanting right. to and be just, a dragon. Just the straight up idea that your child is still a tiny little baby. And they're already like... Mom, I need to go do my own thing. I need to go have adventures in like, the magical world. Not usually you before get a few, I grow out of it. Usually you get a few years of, uh, of you know, mother son time or sliding something. timeline. They've had plenty of years. Shogo's like ten years old now. Ay ay ay. Well, but like, isn't it true that if he goes and he's a dragon there for so long, he could just never be a baby again? Um, I don't remember that. I just remember the fact that his time. Being able to become a dragon is limited. And if he stays too much in the real world, he will lose that ability, that connection to his magic. Mm. It might work both ways, though. I thought it was like basically as a window of time that you can go in and you're like, if you're not a dragon by now, you're not going to be one. But like then you have to stay here and be one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, if I could be a baby or a dragon, I would be a dragon every time. 
Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about it from Jubilee's perspective. Sure. <laughs> but now she's got her own adventure coming up. and Yeah, she does. We're excited about that even more. Yeah, she does. But this splash page, I love this inversion splash. Like This page is the thesis statement of this miniseries. It's so good. Wait, miniseries? This is a five-issue miniseries. This, oh, is, not, this is not an ongoing. I, honestly, I think that's the best bet for it. If, I mean, yeah, it'll be you, a concluded story and it'll be... Right. And I feel like if it does well and people at the end are like, what else goes on with Otherworld or with these characters, then you just do another story with that. I, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, so I don't know how Excalibur was doing previously, but... Right. Interesting that Merlin is not in the quest lineup. Maybe his seat mirrors Mordred's because he's manipulating Arthur. You know, mm. Mordred not being on his side, Merlin not being on his side. They're like the the big, the big guns. The big guns. We lost Jubilee, and everyone's really fine about it. Like everyone's just yeah. Well, oh, I mean, oh, it makes sense. Jubilee. Well, I mean, it's this idea that the quest chooses the people, right? Yeah. And the quest didn't choose Jubilee. Right. I mean, they are like fans. Hey, let's explore. Shogo being a dragon and let Jubilee do her own thing with exterminators. Yes, Best solution for everyone. Let's let her do it. I am all about Rachel's upgrade. Not that you need to upgrade someone who should be Omega level, essentially the first Rachel. ever identified Omega level mutant by Nimrod himself. But, but we can level her up with some fire powers like this. So cool. Oh, but we're going to contact an old friend. The human soundboard or mutant soundboard, Kylun. Cool, I don't know anything about him. So he has the ability to, the mutant ability to recreate any sound Whoa. using his vocal cords. So like cool. footsteps. I love that. But also anybody's voice. And he uses that in various ways to offensively and defensively confuse people. I love that. That's a cool power. But also he is a hardened warrior from, I think it's pronounced Erath. He, he wasn't he from there, but like looks like beast. A little bit. Interestingly, his his feline build is not of his mutation. Oh, that's like from the world he is from. I believe so. Yeah, that's cool. He's kind of like if Mufasa was a mutant. That's kind of yeah. Looks like. Yeah, it kind of looks like that <laughs> with his face, kind of lion. Yeah, like he's in trouble, but not for long. Not for long. I mean, I do love this action sequence though. Yeah. This is essentially the inner guard of Merlin, right? These are the the people that were just on that big lineup, all going after this one dude. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of firepower for just one guy, right? But he's taking down their people, and that they can't have that. Yeah. Oh, this full page of the team having just rescued Kylon is Chef's so kiss. Good. Just now, let's go battle dragons. Look at Rachel holding up her fist of fire. Yeah. Everybody just looks so awesome. Action poses. I mean, and that was some of my favorite of the panels from Excalibur were like the big team shots when they yeah. were getting into battle, when they were about to do battle. About to do battle. He's so happy. Shogo is so oh happy. Oh my God. This little image on the side of like clearly what is in his mind. The of little Betsy projection. Yeah. Riding him at like just a little car, like just a little cartoon image. I was like, He's, oh my God, so cute. Look at the smile though. Like the dragon smile. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, let's go for a ride. Let's do it. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell my mom. She doesn't know anything. Right. And battle ensues. There's another incoming mysterious rider. Done, done, done. I mean, here's the thing. 
instantly in my mind when he disappeared from the egg, I was like, yeah, he's just another world. Right. I kind of already knew that it was going to happen. And I wonder if that is something that has to happen if you resurrect another world mutant. Mm. And, And I'm not sure... But I'd imagine that Mordred didn't die in Otherworld, but maybe he did because they were unsure who they would get resurrected. Right, and they resurrected him a different way. So they were resurrecting him with something that was of Otherworld versus Cerebro, which is not. So that might be a key to the future resurrection of how to solve the Otherworld problem. Ah. Just look at Arthur's face throughout this entire exchange. Like every, every instance of Arthur's face as this mysterious knight is running around. He's like, wait, what is that? How could it be? How could that be? Smells like my son. Must be my son. How do we know? We don't know how Mordred died. It's been, well, we don't personally, but it was alluded to in relation to Jax and the curse of the Ebony Blade. Mm. So before the crossover tie-in with death of Dr. Strange, essentially what introduced Jax we don't know because I haven't read that. Right. Got it. But I believe that that's how he died. And he just keeps saying, no. no what? No. Is it him? <laughs> no. I thought I thought he was dead. Just this, this team lineup shot on the next page as they're looking at who is this mysterious rider gathered around. Again, another dope lineup shot. Yep. The team in all its glory. I feel like the battle was visually cool. It just, you know, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, and then I'm on this side and I'm on this side and we all feel conflicted about it. And, you know, it was just a little chaotic, but also beautiful to look at. And That's what a battle is. Exactly. Exactly. You need it. You need the stakes raised. Oh, uh, who is it? Oh, it's Mordred. Uh, it's just my lady. I am called Mordred. But he seems very much... A baby child. Yeah. And, and he's not... He's approaching Betsy. Like he wants to be of service to her right? and that he is seeking guidance and not like, well, I'm this dude and I am powerful and I am strong. Ray almost doesn't know who he is in relation to the story. Right. You know, amnesic. But if there wasn't enough classic Excalibur and X-Men nonsense, enter the Siege Perilous. But please don't enter it just yet. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember the Siege Perilous? I remember that it exists. Yeah, okay. I was like, I heard of this before. We only talked about it in our quick recap of Maddie, and it is what Lady Roma gave to the X-Men for sacrificing their lives. Oh, when everyone thought they were dead? When everyone thought they were dead, but really she made them reborn and gave them a way out of that life with the Siege Perilous, Mm. which is something that they then walked through and then were transported into various other places. That's how Storm became a baby, not a baby, a young girl. That's how Betsy somehow became captured by the... So it doesn't necessarily take you to a good place. No, 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 no. Just takes you to a place. Takes you to another place. Colossus had no memory of himself and was an artist in New York. Oh, so do we really want the Siege Perilous? I feel like that's the quest of it all, right? It's not things that you want. It's things that you might need to prove your metal. (sighs) M-E-T-T-L-E, not... Ah. Classic bad guys watching the whole time shot. Like, how are they doing it, though? Magic. It's Merlin. Yeah, it's Merlin and his magic. For some reason, he is just spirit form. Yeah, here you go. My knights, my my peeps around my table. I'm just scrying. And then we get a little update. Fun stylization. A little map. 
Yeah, love everybody maps. knows love Justin maps. loves a map. I do. And I, spe- I just like the otherworldian stylization to it. Oh, yeah. Me I too. feel like my brother would love this. Oh, yeah. Like, this is Dungeons and Dragons in a comic book. It's 100%. And I, I just, I said it before. Mm, smells like a birthday gift. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It just, I, I've said it before. It just feels so much more in what Excalibur was trying to do. Yeah. It just feels like, yes, this is what it was trying to do. Here it is. Let's get five issues of this. And if it continues, all right, let's see what else they can do. Oh, actually, or a Christmas gift because it'll be completed and we can get a hardcover trade, or a trade paperback. paperback of it. Don't forget that. To market, to market. Dun, da, da. What you think? Sounds like we're going to the crooked market. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, we've had this conversation before. Like these sort of magic mythical stories like i love those kinds of stories and on their own and now you're going to take those kinds of stories and you're going to put it together with x-men right like, i'm here for it and all I day like, i feel like your other interests were pulling you into excalibur initially mm-hmm. and this has fully integrated those elements into this a is story leveled up baby right I just, again, everything, it was everything I was into about the end of Excalibur, but at a, a tighter and more focused level. And just the full set of ideas were laid out in front of you, but focused around Merlin. It wasn't, you know, the the guy in England and mm-hmm. this other, the, you know. I mean, the, he is mentioned. He is mentioned on the title page. Or it wasn't the the guy that you could hunt werewolves, uh, warwolves in his backyard, the bloodstone relative, like, who was that? It, you know, it wasn't Apocalypse doing his stuff. You know, it, it's just, hey, we got one plot. It's a big one, but we got one plot. We're focused in. We got a new world. It's completely separate from everything else. Yeah. You know, we talk about flagship books a lot. I feel like this sets out not to be a flagship book, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a problem because it has a very niche. Like this, when when you were like, every book's a flagship book, I feel like this distinctly is like, no, we are the other world magic mystery tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was really great. Yeah, I, I don't want to overstate like the love the art, the, the art great is action. The art is not only beautiful, but the the tone and the style of the art feels very in line with the type of story that it is. Right. Yeah, I just feel like it has I, a lot of elements that make it specific to its particular vibe. Yeah. I loved Marcus Toe's art. I just feel like this adds something else to it, and especially complemented by Eric's colors. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it feel connected to Excalibur in its own way. Really excited about this. Me too. Don't let me down, Knights of X. <laughs> don't don't put that on it. Don't put that on it. I shall. So we're we're looking at and we're talking about Otherworld's dire transformation. The forces set up against our team. What are your thoughts about the the threat? Of this book. I mean, I think it's really interesting, especially, you know, when we get the map again at the end, we're really seeing what's taken over. Right. What is Merlin in control of? What is Merlin not in control of? And I'm really interested to see the sort of help they get along the way on their quest. You know, like if the next issue is taking them to the crooked market, like, hmm, we certainly know there's some people in the crooked market that might be allies or it might be able to help them along their way. What's that guy's name? Red ja- Root. Jasper. J- oh, Jim, Jim Jaspers. Jim Jaspers is there. He's not going to be an ally, though. He's very. He's made it very clear that he's like, hey, I'm just here for the business. No yeah, one but, knows I'm a mutant, but, basically. But he might not be like a 
outright ally, but it might be a sort of like go to him and get something that you need. Sure. Yeah. Like he I, might help. Right. Right. But he might not be like a persecution force, but he might mm-hmm. not be like, hey, yeah, you can stay here for free. Right. No, but he might have a, like a, he might have a little side quest, something that they could do or something that they need. And yeah, Red Root. Where's Red Root? In the Crooked Market, I believe. Oh my goodness! Trapped in the Crooked Market like, because of the what they had broken in that race. Oh yeah. So I just feel like there's a there's a lot of potential for little side characters or little side stories to pop up and like help them along the way to form bonds, form allies. I'd love to see the map continue and like. Maybe they flip some territories. Yeah, show the progression. um, I feel like it's such a huge battle that would this be resolved in five issues? Is that going to feel... I mean, yeah, that's the thing that I'm concerned about because they've got essentially three different quests or three different things that they need to wrap up, though they are interconnected. Yeah, it's all... Like if if you defeat Merlin, then you get Saturnine back to be in power and you potentially get yourself back to Kakoa. So like all of that kind of comes together. Plus whatever their individual quests are that will test them. Right, right. Well, there's 10 of them and they all have to have an individual quest and that that all also has to happen within five issues. I don't know. I don't I, We'll see. How mad are you going to be if Gambit's quest has something to do with gambling and in... Um, <laughs> In the crooked the market. The crooked market. You're going to be like, dang, Nabbit, this is what we're seeing Gambit not really do a quest. again. It's not really a quest. <laughs> not really a quest. It's kind of just his everyday life. Speaking of the quest, th- this team, this quest, who are you most excited about? Hmm. Well, Rachel. Rachel always. I want to see like what's going on with her. There's got to be specific reasons why she's been amped up. And I also am interested to see what happens with Gambit because... I do like the way that he and Rogue have been connected and like moving forward with things in other books, but this one seems to be very specific about the fact that he needs to find his own way. Yeah, he needs to find and his own purpose. I am interested to see that journey for him. He's going to go through the Siege Perilous and be transported back to the 80s for the Gambit miniseries. It's all connected. Ay, ay, ay. I've had enough time travel. I'm kind of... We need a break from that. <laughs> X-Factor Files wants to know the timeline of it all. Knights and X-Men are happening at separate times, right? Gambit is doing a lot, if you think about it. It's the same thing that I had brought up. If this is happening at the same time, he's been the most active yeah, that in he's the entire Krakoan era, yeah. just hanging out with Rogue doing side mission stuff. I, I, It's got to... I feel like what we've seen so far has already happened. Yes. And, and now they're the getting after, pulled in. Yeah. And like Rogue and Gambit were doing their thing together. And now Rogue's like, okay, she, sweetie, stay home. I got things to do. She's going off to Game World. Mm-hmm. He's going off to Other World. Ladies and Game World. Excited for that. So excited for that. But yeah, Gambit's doing a lot in the best ways. In the best ways. Hopefully he's doing something in this book to be determined. We recorded the beginning of the episode in the morning of a crazy day. A crazy day. And we are now revisiting with some added questions. First up, we've got some Knights of X questions. Warline Comics pointed out that we don't have any mention of the magic system that Teeny Howard had created back in Excalibur, which I honestly kind of forgot about. I think that that was... Yeah, I, I, I like kind of remember... There being something about it, but I don't quite remember what it was. So I guess 
it's okay that it wasn't mentioned because yeah. I don't need it. We've all let it go. <laughs> Comic Extracts wants to know how will the Saturnine and Betsy relationship unfold? There's a lot of tension there. They were at each other's throats. Yeah, I don't. I remember when you were saying that you thought that they were in love. <laughs> that was, I mean, that there were signs so at that I'm, point. No, but I'm just saying how they, um, they how are definitely not come. in love at this current moment. No, that's and for sure. I don't know. I feel like there will, will be a change. Saturnine will like start to respect Betsy a little bit more. Maybe. Hopefully for her own sake. Yeah. And he also commented, how will Teeny Howard make me care about Mordred? I mean, just the narrative intrigue, I think, is a little bit of a pull, but I have no idea what to expect otherwise. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, the appeal of him being, like, young and not knowing really where he belongs and all of this, like, we kind of maybe we'll see his journey and that'll make you care about him. Yeah. And his redemption, or at least his swaying and saving of his father, perhaps. Oh, that, perhaps. That'd be, cool. that'd be cool. Curls said, the Jersey Devil? What? <laughs> uh, so that's Joshua at the beginning of the issue, who has only appeared in a handful of issues in the Krakoan era exclusively. He was first showing up in New Mutants when he snuck through the gate and wanted to live in other world. And he's just popped up a couple of like very minor spots since then. Honestly, I didn't remember. Honestly, I didn't remember that I had seen him before until you said it earlier when we were recording. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have seen him before. Yeah. I mean, very minor character only appeared a few times and we'll, we'll maybe see some more of him because. I think it's funny that his name is the, the Jersey Devil. Right. But Curls also really loved this quote unquote first issue. Which I just think is the the fun of the rebrand. I'm I'm glad that it's separated from Excalibur because yeah. it, it kind of reforms the idea and and divests itself from any of the baggage that, or or at least maybe tries to. But it definitely plays into the joke of another number one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Mm-hmm. It got me so excited for the quest coming. Me yeah. too. I'm interested. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. I think. Kolbalsh McGee. Is asking why are Knights of X abducting a baby for their D and D party? I mean, if the baby can become a dragon, then that's just a good abduction. That's a, yeah, and I mean, they didn't intend to. Yeah, it was a willingly him. willing. Jubilee was gonna come, right? But then the quest was like, not you, Jubilee. Not you, Jubilee. So really, you should be asking the quest. Why is the why quest are they abducting? Why are the fairies abducting this baby? Because that's what they do. Fairies take babies and then they leave changelings in their place, mm. which are constructs. And then they make the babies go back and kill their parents. Well, that's what happens in some stories. Anyway, fairy stale babies, fairy stale babies. That's real. The Pikachu is wondering, do you think we'll see Mercator get involved in the story now? Otherworld has become hostile. I feel like he's been alluded to a handful of times and has not been seen and, and very little actual development of that section of Otherworld. Mr. M, who I don't know if you actually. OK, that I was like staring at you like, who <laughs> is Mercator? Are you going to say something? That's Mr. M, Mr. Mercator, he is the, the ruler of or the, the head of uh, Otherworld sector. He's also an Omega level mutant. Mr. M, I, I remember seeing on the Omega level list. Yes. And also that sticks in my mind. But 
when you said Mercator. his full name, I was well, like, Mercator oh is, no. Mercator is the world or the, the segment of Otherworld. And last on Knights of X, Hot Claws. What do you think of Megan's fairy wings? I hate them. Oh, I have to look at them. Again. I honestly, I didn't even, it didn't even register. Oh, they're kind of lackluster fairy wings. Yeah. It'd be cool if they were a little larger, larger and more and translucent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And opacity. like, give me like some gold design up in there. Right. Yeah. Put some magic on it. Put some magic on them wings. I, I don't even think it even registered because it's only really in the ending of the book, I think. Yeah. Maybe I just wasn't. I was just tunnel vision. We're I don't know. Too obsessed with Rachel. Didn't look at anybody else. I don't know. Megan had wings. Sometimes she has whatever she wants. She's changeling. You ready to talk about Sabretooth? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Here we go. Sabretooth. First of all, look at this cover. I love it. The framing, the terror in the other's faces. Just look at how terrified they are. Yeah. Terrified and frustrated and angry and desperate. Yeah. All of the above. And then there's Sabretooth. <laughs> Looming in the distance. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. Page turn noise. A body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. Thomas Paine. I gotta say, I read this quote and then I went, oh, I've been reading books by Thomas Paine. And that's all I was like, okay, so Thomas Paine has to do with American history because he's in Hamilton. And Angelica <laughs> Angelica was reading his books. And that's what I know about him. And well, then, then you get a, like a little history a lesson little later. History yeah. lesson, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is what I needed. Common Thank Sense you. by Thomas Paine. Yes. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. <laughs> My apologies, Justin. But this is a historical moment, everybody. Justin just corrected me on lyrics to a musical. We have made history right here, right now on it's, it's the X more, Podcast. It's more my knowledge of history than my knowledge of Hamilton. Well, you didn't know, I guess, but I misquoted, and then you corrected me. Melter. Oh, man. Oh, this is tragic and satisfying the same way. Like We get... Not only an explanation to his backstory, but reasoning as to why he's here. Yes and no. Explain that. Um, well, right now we understand, right? Okay, he, he did these terrible things. He wants to come to Krakoa because he wants sanctuary. And then we hear a little bit about the first instance of him in the first issue or the second issue of Sabretooth. When they talk about each of them and they say, like, I was here because I... The did secret not respect land the or secret whatever. Land. And that's why everybody was questioning, like, how, how did you get how, imprisoned right? by that? So he's saying, oh, because he did this thing and it went out of control. But Xavier's like, no, but it's because you secretly wanted to find the council chambers. Like, that's what your real issue was, which is not against the sacred land, one. But as a side note, the other issue is that the second time, because he says, don't do it again. And then... And he did it he again. He did it again, but we don't see the second time because the second time we see it is actually Sabretooth. Like, that's a projection. Oh, sure. Later on. Right. But that's not what Melter is referring to. That's not the time that Melter's talking right, about. Right. That's what I'm saying is we that's don't actually part of get Melter's to see torment. the full Yeah, but we don't need to see story. it, do we? It's, ex it's explained pretty explicitly. Yeah, as yeah, to, I guess. And just the violence that he is, whether intentional or not, doing to Krakoa is definitely not respecting the sacred land. And then you think of 
I get, and I would agree with the fact that respecting the sacred land does not extend to protection over the Quiet Council, but the intent behind his actions, not only are you harming Krakoa on this level to the point where it had to drain a bunch of people's life energy, but you are trying to do something to the the high government, you know? Right. But don't put him in jail based on just that one thing. Two things when now. You, right. I'm saying, basically I'm saying Charles is manipulating the situation and saying, oh, well, it was because of the respect to the sacred land, but also get out of my business. I don't know. I just feel like this this instance that we see is a pretty serious offense. And he's saying, you do this again, you're going to have to face the consequences. And then we get a box that he did it again. And I just I feel like that. I don't agree with the, the pit prison system. Right. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do with this person who mm-hmm. is can now multiple times trying to burn through the island to reach the secret government. All right. Well, it's the title page. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. Whisper campaign. I absolutely love this issue's title Mm. and just how it relates to the overall story. Yeah. Written by Victor Laval, art by Leonard Kirk, color art by Rain Barreto, letters by Corey Pettit. V sees Corey Pettit. Corey Pettit! The Void has been transformed by Sabretooth, who also is testing his ability to push his consciousness through Krakoa. I feel like the the title page text was really helpful in Mm -hmm. framing everything that's going on because there's a lot going on that has not been explicitly explained. Right. Which they make an attempt to in this issue. Oh, this prison break. Oh, my God. The raft of the Quiet Council is intense. It's so sick and twisted, but I love it. This seemingly motivational speech by Sabretooth. Here's our precedent. Also, check out our raft built from bodies of our enemies. Yeah. I do like that there's a couple instances of historical references in this book. It's like, oh, this is an actual prison break. And oh, Thomas Paine is actually a real dude. It just feels like it's that much more intertwined into the real world because it's referencing things that actually happened. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but even at the beginning of Sabretooth as a title, referencing systems and and constructs that are happening in the real world. Yes, yes. It's all really important information and really interesting parallels, right? Yeah, the allegory of the prison system for Krakoa. And also when we get later to talking about this idea of wanting to be free from another entity, like all of the Thomas Paine stuff, right? Like the idea that Mutants wanted to be free from another entity, so they fought for their freedom. They made Krakoa, and then in relation to the historical aspect of saying, like, you wanted to be free from Great Britain, but now you own slaves. And it's like, you wanted to be free from all these people, but now you're still controlling how certain mutants do things. It's an interesting look at the council and what the council is doing. Right. It just continues to question the authority, the the power structures of... The world, specifically mm-hmm. of the island. Yeah. Uh, and, and the deliberateness that he sets up his plan with evil people who would be sick of paradise. Mm-hmm. Right? Go out and get me some evil folks. Go find my baddie friends. And he's recruiting some of the original marauders. So the, the mutant massacre marauders. Oh, no. Like Scrambler and Vertigo. Except not. We're going to bling. We're going to bling as sand and stone. Yeah. We've moved forward considerably in time compared to the first issues unless they're talking about the first gala and not the current one Mm. so that's what bling says how we're getting ready for the gala i feel like they got to be talking about the current one right it's just the first issue when sabertooth first manifested his power to move his consciousness through krakoa 
that was at X-Force number six. Well, there's a, a reference to the fact that time moves right. much differently in the pit. But I just think it's interesting like what, how to place this in time in various sections. I just feel like it would be the second gala, like the current gala, to bring it more contemporarily. Mm-hmm. But that brings the question of where are Toad, Nanny, and Orphan Maker? Right, if they're also supposed to be in the pit. Which they would be if this is referring to the current gala. This is confusing me. Like, I don't know why they would do something like this. Timeline scramble. Well, because it just, like, this plot can be happening for a long period of time in the background. Mm-hmm. And and just the different construct of time in the pit, they have much greater place to play in. Yeah. Well, let's also talk about the fact that Bling thinks that these two were just dead. Yeah. And has been searching for them right. to prove that they're dead. So they can be resurrected. And so that just tells you the public knowledge of not only the the secret count. Like, do the people not know right. about the Quiet Council? Right, but also like you, a secret trial and a secret sentencing for what seemed to be like. I mean, we'll learn more about them, but not crimes. like yes, a crime against Krakoa is is a crime, but like you're not destroying all of Krakoa. So why is this, you know? secret like you can't know that we put more people in the pit did the people not know the pit exists like i don't I, know i don't think they do i'm pretty Messed sure up. nobody knows that the pit exists unless you're being sentenced to the pit or you are of the council that is messed up which you think about how this might tie to x-men green people that have been in the pit and have been let out of the pit mm-hmm. the pit is getting a lot of play search for vertigo that really isn't third eye meeting up with mole instead Here's my question about kind of the inner workings of this. It seems like all of the mutants who are in the pit, aside from Sabretooth, right? Sabretooth is like, okay, I'm sending you out to do my bidding. And they are all somehow connected to know that they're not going to do that. They're going to do this other plan. But how do they think if all of their consciousnesses are connected that Sabretooth Sabretooth doesn't doesn't know? know. Yeah, I don't know. Especially, so it's like their consciousness is are connected in the dreamscape created by, by Sabretooth. But are their consciousnesses connected when they themselves project their consciousness onto Krakoa? I don't know. Because it's like your physical body, I, I don't know, that's still something that right. has to be explored is the, the relation between the physical body and the mental state. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting conversation of how to sneak whispers around a powerful telepath. I couldn't talk to anyone who mattered. So you went to the invisible and the ignored. But also just another point. Class system of Krakoa. Oh, just another point against Charles Xavier. Like people are so afraid to have their own conversations because you just straight up read everybody's minds whenever you want. Except for Sinisters. (laughs) Yeah, like why don't you know what's going on there, sir? Another recent appearance in a Marvel Unlimited comic book coming back. We've got Skin meeting up with Madison Jeffries. A fake recruitment of Prism. Mm-hmm. Great conversation with Skin. Just the content of what they're talking about. Seeing and coming to terms with the real me. I just feel like that's got to be a, a deep struggle for a lot of mutants as they change themselves physically. Yeah. And I wonder what the relation to what it is that they're manifesting as to their powers or their inner self or like how is Krakoa connecting to each of them? Right. To figure out how they should be, what form they should take while they're walking around. Yeah, right. 
Well, and almost, I believe Madison Jeffries was the one talking about the different microplastics that were throughout everyone. Right. right? And so he manifests as microplastics. And right. you think about third eye manifesting as the actual ground of Krakoa, it seems. He seemingly has a much deeper connection with Krakoa. Right. And then the other two that are manifesting as sand and stone, do we know what their powers or what their situation is? Uh, we know what their powers are, or at least... I know what Oya's powers are. Necra is able to grant herself various superhuman physical attributes by harnessing violent emotions within her, especially the emotion of hate. The precise nature of how she's able to do this isn't known, but it is possible that this ability is partially psionic. And then Oya controls elements of sorts, so uh, fire and ice, I believe. Edie. Thermokinesis, pyrokinesis, and cryokinesis. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, man. This meeting between Melter and Xavier. Xavier. <laughs> oh, I, I thought of that yesterday. I loved it. I mean, at first, I totally thought this was the real second instance. Right. Well, then you see that hand is a pretty dead giveaway on the first page, last panel. Mm, That's a saber-tooth yeah. hand. If you happen to be paying close enough attention, then you would <laughs> well, notice it looks, that. <laughs> it looks like Melter picks up on it as well. Mm, yeah. And then asks the question. Not Alicia. She didn't pick up on it until just a now. little bit later. <laughs> just now. He still believes in Xavier. Melter, he still wants to trust in what he's trying to do. Foolish boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, the feral council. Oh, just this torture, but still, like, the, the witnessing feral council. I love it. The feral council is a cool concept, for sure. I just, I want my own government council. How many personalities do you have? We don't need to talk about that on the podcast. (laughs) But also notice... You brought it up. You said you wanted your own council. Yeah. I haven't haven't taken inventory recently. (laughs) The saber-tooth Krakoa, though. Mm. And just the plan of it all. The captain's secret plan within everyone else's plan. This whisper campaign, knowing that they would revolt. I just, I said, hey, why don't you get the most evil people out there? I knew they wouldn't do it. He's so smart and conniving. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, did he know because he's connected to their consciousness? Or did he know because he was like, people don't really just want to help me? Then I, I think it's the second one because he knows how people react to Sabretooth's plans or how they react to the idea of these more evil characters, right? These characters Mm -hmm. that would not have done anything to the degree that now what they're able to do because this is huge. This is the potential to be really big as all of these mutants are being gathered to the cause. Blob. Blob, Marrow, Shark Girl, like this this whole horde in a cave. This is like the first potential widespread political revolt of sorts to find out, Mm -hmm. hey, not only is there a secret government that's ruling Krakoa, which I feel like they might have some indication I of. I feel like they got to know the council exists. But I feel like the when they were talking to Bling, they were talking more of, yeah, it was just Xavier and Magneto. Mm-hmm. And that was the the court decision to send us into the pit. It was just the two of them that were like, hey, you know, we, we're going to send you down. And now Magneto isn't even on the council. Right. But we don't know at what time yeah, this are. is happening. Right. So Magneto might still be on the council. True. We swore an oath to Xavier. To eliminate his line. Done, done, done. He's just so conniving and I love it. He's just so cunning and, and manipulative. And then we get a data page. The captain. 
I appreciate this comic because exactly what we're talking about, the integration of bigger ideas and mm -hmm. natural history. Like this story of the traveling jazz band as a CIA initiative is super interesting. Which is crazy because I did not know about this at all. I knew about all of these jazz musicians and it's that's such a concept behind it, right? Yeah, that's such an interesting concept. Like, oh, if we if we bring you things that we know you're gonna enjoy, you're inherently going to enjoy or support where they come from. Sympathize with the cause of Because you're like, well they're so great. Where the, everything around them must, must be, be so great. Must be really good. They must come from greatness. Yeah, it's just layers of propaganda that you don't even realize on a conscious level. Insanity. Call Victor Creed every bad word you can imagine, but you better never call me dumb. Right, because he's not. You know, you look at Sabretooth, and especially when he lets loose, all you see is this feral animal. But right. he has he knows what he's a doing. Intelligence. He knows what people think of him, and he knows how to use that. Or at least part of him does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Making moves. Another layer revealed these slight movements in the vines. Which is a cool ad just yeah. to the concept and to the visual design. The, the saber tooth version of Krakoa. I just love it. Oh, I just love him looming over the chair in the background. <laughs> and then Melter, the MVP of the issue. Oh. Making this desperate plea to protect Krakoa as we have our last page. So is that is that Sabretooth in the pit or is that the beast Sabretooth in the Feral Council? That's Sabretooth in the pit. You think so? Yeah, yeah because I can see the, oh, vines. the vines. Yeah, the vines all around him. And that's what's crazy. So if you die in the pit, nobody knows you're dead so you don't get resurrected. Un right, until they go back or unless, right, because there'd be no confirmation. You need confirmation of the resurrection or of the death. Mm-hmm. Escape Krakoa. Yike. I love this issue. I mean, I thought this was really good. Probably the best of the three, or at least tied up there with number one. Yeah, it definitely takes you, it takes it to the next level. You know, we have this understanding of a little bit more of the inner workings of the pit and how they're all connected and how their consciousness are connected to it. And then they just explode that with this idea that they can walk around on Krakoa still. Yeah, there's just so much that's being peeled back and, and so much to Sabretooth's plan and, and what he's trying to do and... And this tiny revolution yeah. that is hopefully going to be, you know, something more. Which, you know, you even think about big ideas to the overall. Like, other world feels very much so on its own. Mm -hmm. If there was to be a break into our world, yes, that would become a real threat. And maybe that's what happens after Knights of X mm -hmm. and how it escalates into something larger. Well, I don't know. But this has several ideas that are like core to the concept of Krakoa. You have the yeah. pit, you have the, the capital punishment system, you have the government ruling structure, you have just public opinion and the mumblings and rumblings of the people. And Yeah, it's very exciting. So many things. Yeah. This is a miniseries also? Yes. Six issues or five? Uh, five, I believe. So there's only two more? Right. Oh my goodness. I also think that this is... Victor Laval, the writer, has pitched this or, or been talking about this as a triptych. Oh, right. So, so three is, little mini-series. Right. And and maybe still building on the same ideas and concepts that we would get from this one building mm. into a new way, which I you know I don't mind at all. I treat Krakoa as one big comic. Right. You know, I, I collect it all in the run of Krakoan era, and I don't worry about individual titles. Yes, if I'm not enjoying a title, I might grumble as i have to flip mm -hmm. through that looking at you x corp <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Sorry, but <laughs> not it's sorry. It's true. It's the truth. But I just feel like this idea or this this ability to have mini series that address an idea and and just add to the overall story. I love it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a comic that is going to go on for who knows how many issues and then it ends shorter than you were expecting. Right. You know, no comic has except for I think New Mutants might be further along than Wolverine, but most of the other issues, X Force too. Right. They most of the other ones have been rebooted. Wrap up and move on to something else. Right. So if you're going to do that, do it intentionally. Do right. it with a five issue story that then closes but builds to the greater universe of Right, Krakoa. because then you can plan it out and you don't have to feel rushed and there's no like plot well there may still be plot holes but they're not as gaping or right you you feel some resolution with the story that started out but you also have more to play with in the overall yeah do you feel bad for Sabretooth? so thinking about his initial offense i do there is a part of me that feels bad for Sabretooth, but also a part of me that doesn't because that's what makes him a great character is sure. having that like, oh, Sabretooth. Right, right, right. And he's just, he's working for himself too. Right. Like now that he's here with all these other people who have also been treated unfairly, mm-hmm. he kind of makes it seem like, hey, let's do this for the group. But it's really his own right. plot to take down Xavier. Right. I, I just feel like there's a separation between his initial offense, what was the reason that he was put in the pit and then now where he is. Oh, right? yeah. Where he is now is a direct relation to his punishment. And do you excuse his punishment? No. But also there's the question of him just being made an example of. Right. Just to be for like, the hey, sake of saying, like, we need well, laws. we got to do that now because we decided you can't kill anybody and you killed some people. So. Right. I mean, we talked about this previously, the timeline of it all, this building into the first or the second gala. And I feel like having this build into the second gala brings it into the current moment and builds energy for the gala. You know, yeah. you're already talking about it in a couple of different books now. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, who who knows if it'll actually happen in June because of pushbacks oh, of, of issues. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out with AXE. Oh, yeah. The crossover and just all crossovers. You know, publishing timelines are going to be screwy when one book connects to another. Yeah, that's going to be frustrating on the back end to deal with. Who's the most interesting prisoner or the prisoner you want more of? I mean, all of them, all of them, because I don't know any of them very well. Like I when I was like, oh, no, there's only two issues left. I kind of had this hope in my mind that we were going to get an issue like we just got for Meltzer. from Meltzer for everyone so that I could kind of understand their story and their powers and their perspective a little bit more. So I can't I can't say because I can't even remember all their names. Like, yeah. I just feel like I don't know them at all. Oya, Necra. Madison Jeffries. That was the earthly one. Third Eye. Third Eye. Blind. Third Eye Blind. <laughs> the band. He's he's new. He first appeared, I believe, in Sabretooth 1. Yeah, so it's it's really all of them. I want to know more about all of them. Cutting in a question from the Pikachu on Sabretooth. Will Sabretooth dying in the pit make him merge with Krakoa itself? That's deep. It's like... I certainly hope not i mean that kind of ruins the whole experiment but at the same point you brought this on yourself charles that would be so terrifying right that would be so bad and so crazy but also like yeah <laughs> cool cool but also I mean, cool we, we we've talked about in the past can you resurrect krakoa like yeah who can, knows can man? you burn it down and start That's again nuts what an idea 
Any other questions on, on this or on Knights of X or on comics no, in general? I, I mean, I feel like it was a good week, a good week of comics. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like both of these were really good and, and just really stood out individually. Yeah. You know, I, you want to compare one title to another. I, do I think Knights of X captured my feelings of immortal or red? No. But it was a really great comic. I really liked Knights of X. I'm really excited for where that's going to go. I just think it's cool because it's an X-Men story, but there's also just so many other elements to it that yep. makes it exciting and fresh and different. It's more like it's a Dungeons and Dragons story with X-Men just happen to be playing the game. The characters, yeah. Yeah. And Sabretooth is great. continuously unexpected. Right. So I, that's what I like about it. Like, I really have no idea what's going to happen next in this story. Exactly. And I felt like I was a little bit on a downbeat with issue two. Mm. But issue three has restored any questions or, or lack of faith or anything like that. I also really like that it's focusing, you know, it's putting it in the perspective of like, oh, we are the invisible mutants. But I also like that it's focusing and shifting us to take note of these other mutants who are on Krakoa who have not yet been really highlighted or shown because right. there are so, so many. many mutants. And they're making more and more as we go. Right. But just like seeing these like, okay, like Marrow, I knew she existed, but then she kind of disappeared. And like now here she is kind of sort of back in this story and Mole was there and, you know, just like popping up of characters that, have been referenced or maybe are known to other people who haven't been shown on Krakoa, that's nice to kind of see where they're at and what's going on. And to get a story that is not focused on all the characters who are in all the other books, you know, because a lot of times characters will pop up in multiple books and then we're not getting as much of a, a wide range. You know, if you have so many titles right. and so many books, you should be able to showcase so many mutants. Well, it's, it's the same thing of when they bring someone back, they have purpose for him, mm -hmm. right? Thunderbird. Right. Specifically. You know, you don't just resurrect him and then have him drift into the background not no, doing anything. he's going to be on the Brotherhood. Have him do something. They have an intention for him. So and I feel like that, uh, I was talking to someone on Instagram yesterday, and it's just, how are you going to bring back this character and this character and then just not do anything with it? Well, the, the line has to slowly and intentionally do it to expand, to include the fringe lines, you know, the, the extras mm -hmm. who are, are deeper, you know, the fan favorites, the deeper cuts. Yeah. And I feel like this is doing that. I feel like Marauders is doing that just with Marauders. Steve Orlando's deep referential continuity mentions. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. Overall, great week of comics. I got my horticulture ladies back. Well, speaking of Thunderbird. Oh, really? And speaking of the Marauders. Oh, are they going to be friends with us next week? Next week, we have Marauders number two. Yes. And Giant Size Thunderbird number one. <gasps> oh, wow. Ooh, a little solo action. Ooh, you thought I was going to say X-Men Red. Story. Yeah, I, I did. wish and it I was, but I'm also... Thunderboard story. So. Oh, Thunderboard. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Until next time, old friend. Charles, you're in trouble, man. Doesn't look good. You're the worst. Xavier. <laughs> <laughs>